0: I'm going to start in 2 Kings, chapter four, verse eight through ten. How many of you are, are grateful to have a bishop that loves the Lord? Yeah. Amen. Um, I, I I am honored to to be standing before you this morning. I'm very nervous. I thought I was going to be sick this morning, um, but I counted it an honor. And I'm so glad to be home. There's nothing like San Antonio. I woke up on Friday. That was my last day of work. And I said to myself, this is the best day ever. Until I woke up Saturday morning when I was going to drive back home. And I said, today's the best day ever. So I cannot express to you how glad I am to be back. And um, I give honor to my bishop for this opportunity and the first lady, and, and my parents for raising my sister and I the, to be the young ladies that we are. But I'm grateful that um, we have a bishop who loves God, and um, I was debating on whether I should say this or not because I, I don't think I'm going to be that long this morning. And I know I'm my father's daughter. And I know he's becoming more and more Christ-like, Every day because I heard that 15 minute sermon and the scripture says that one day is as a thousand years into the Lord. That 15 minute sermon was the longest 15 minute sermon. And so I know he's becoming more God-like because his time is not our time. Can I get an amen in the house? I didn't know if I should say that because I'm hoping that I'm not going to be that long this morning. And I'm not planning to be. So um, thank you for honoring um, my parents this morning. Uh, Just just grateful that he's the man of God in my life. But I'm going to start in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8 through 10. We're going to read it in the King James Version. And I'm going to go in and out of the New King James Version. And I'm going to try to be brief this morning. A scripture reads, Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was, as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, Look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Verse 10. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. Um, I'm going to ask you to. Go ahead and put your Bibles down, and if you could raise your hands with me, and let's pray over the ministry of the Word this morning as our bishop prays. In the name of Jesus, Lord, your presence is already here. I pray there's liberty in the ministry of your Word today. Let it prosper where it's sent today. Anoint your female servant to speak the oracles of God. We give you the honor, the glory, and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If you are not familiar with this passage of Scripture in the Bible, I'm going to paraphrase the story. It's the story of the Shunammite woman. And the Scripture tells us that Elijah was the man of God at this particular time. And it happened that he was On his way somewhere, and he stopped in Shunem, and there was a woman there, and she had a notable reputation, which means she had a great reputation amongst her people. And he stopped in at her house and he ate some food. And it came to be that she started to realize that there was something about this man. He wasn't just a man, but he was a a man of God. And, And she perceived this. She became familiar with him. And so she went to her husband and she said, I've recognized that this man is a man of God and what I would like to do if it's okay with you is to make a room inside of our house for him not only to just visit but just to stay a little bit and and to dwell there a little bit and and he gave her permission to do this and so she went about modifying her home. She went about Modifying her house so that there would also be room for the men of God to stay in her home whenever he passed by. And she made sure that the room had everything it needed for him to be comfortable, for him to make himself at home for a little while. She made sure that there was a table in the room. She made sure that there was a bed. She made sure that there was a lampstand. She made sure that there was everything that he needed so that if he passed by and when he passed by, he could dwell in her house. And she stayed faithful to this. And she dedicated this room to this man of God. And it came to be that as often as he would pass by, he would stay with her. And she stayed so faithful that at some point, he said, because you've been faithful to keeping this room for me and for taking care of me, I would like to do something for you. Is there anything that you are needing? Is there anything that you're wanting? And his servant, the man of God's servant, Gehazi, he he recognized that there was something that was missing in her life, And, and she said when he asked her, is there anything that I can do for you, do I need to go to your commander for for your people. And she said, no, she, she was married. She had a house. She had a great reputation. She said, I don't need anything. I don't need you to do anything for me. But we know that there was something that she was desiring. It was an unspoken desire. And we see that because when his servant said, but she has no child, the man of God said, at the appointed time, in the natural cycle of life, You are going to have a child. And her first reaction was, do not deceive me. In other words, don't play with my emotions. I haven't told anybody, but that's something that I've been wanting. And if you tell me it's going to come to pass and it doesn't, then I'm going to be disappointed. So do not deceive me. But lo and behold, at the appointed time, at the natural cycle of life, she indeed had a child. The promise that the man of God gave her came to pass. It was fulfilled in her life because she had made a room for the man of God and she remained faithful to keeping this room for him. And because she met his needs, he turned around and said, I'm going to fulfill a need in your life. But we see that the promise that was fulfilled It started to grow, and it started to mature, but something happened because one day as that child was out in the field with his dad, he began to say, my head, my head, and something was wrong, and so he told them, take him to his mother, and that child, that promise that was fulfilled in her life sat on her knees, and that promise ended up dying. And her first reaction was not to run to her husband, was not to run to a physician, was not to run to friends and family and to start complaining or seeking answers or to try to find a cure. Her first reaction was to go from the field to the house and from the house she went to the room in her house that she had dedicated to the man of God. And she put that dead promise inside that room. And she laid that dead promise on the very bed that the man of God laid upon. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. She put that dead promise on that bed. And she shut the door and as she left, they turned to her and they said, is something wrong? Is everything okay? And her response was ever, ever faithful and ever believing it shall Be well. And she went on her way. She left that dead promise in the room, but she went on her way to seek the man of God. And when she got to the man of God, she first had to get through the servant. And the servant, he stopped her, but the man of God said, Oh, no, I, I recognize her because she's been faithful and taking care of my needs. I know who this woman is, and there's a need. There's, there's something wrong. Something's not quite right. And so he listened to her, and she said, didn't I tell you, do not deceive me. The promise that you gave me, and it came to pass, it is now dead. And he returned with her. And when he got to her house, we know that even though that child and that promise was starting to grow and mature, she never, she never left that room neglected because he was able to get to that room inside of her house. It was still prepared for him. It was still Dedicated to him. And so he was able to return into that room. And he shut the door. And he laid on that child. He put his eyes on that child's eyes. He put that mouth on that child's mouth. He stretched out his hands on that child's hands. And he breathed onto that child. And that child started to breathe life again. That dead promise was resurrected And was able to be returned to his mother alive and well. You see, in the old testament, they did not have access to. The presence of God the way that we do today because in the Old Testament there was always a man of God that was dedicated to be the medium to the people was the voice of God to the people and so for the people to have access to God they had to go through a man of God that was designated for that reason whether it was a priest whether it was a prophet whether it was a judge and Elisha was a prophet and so he was representing the voice of God in that time and he was representing God to that woman and so the Shunammite woman she was actually making room for God in her house and so you see that in that scripture if we put what the man of God was representing in place of where she was making that room she was staying faithful to making that room ready for God so that if he happened to pass by he was not stopped In for a temporary visit and then leaving, he was actually making a stay in her home, he was actually dwelling in her house, he was actually remaining in her house, and he was getting familiar with her, and she was getting to know him to the point that when there was a need that rose up, that need was fulfilled, that promise was made, and it came to pass. And even when it appeared like died she still remained faithful to keeping that room ready for God she still remained faithful to keeping that room Dedicated for God. And so when it appeared that that promise had died, she still kept that room ready. And God was ready to step in and say, I know I made this promise and it looks like it's dead. But I've come back because you've been faithful to me. And I've come to resurrect that promise that looked dead in your life. And you're wondering... How is this relevant to today's time? We have access to the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. And when he died, the veil of the temple was rent. And the Holy Ghost has now been upon us. It has now come upon us. That power That shall come upon you. That's the Holy Ghost. And we have access to it because the scripture says that we shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Evidence by speaking in tongues. And so we are able to have access to the spirit. And it is life changing. It is momentous. Has anybody received the gift of the Holy Ghost this morning? Hasn't it changed your life? has not turned your life around but it's not enough that we receive the gift of the holy ghost because the bible also says in first corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16 know ye not that your body is the temple of the holy ghost and the spirit of god dwells in you it's not enough to just stop at receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost but God has got to live in your house you've got to make sure that he's alive and he's well in your temple and it's talking about this body right here he's got to be alive and he's got to be active in our lives I want to go to Matthew chapter 7, 21 through 23. I'm still trying to work my nerves out. That was one minute. I'm just kidding. So the scripture reads, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my father in heaven verse 22 many will say to me in that day lord lord have we not prophesied in your name cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name verse 23 and then i will declare to them i never knew you i never knew you depart from me you who who practice lawlessness and the in the king james version it says you who practice iniquity. This scripture, we hear it all the time, and this scripture scares me. I don't know about you, but it scares me because I feel like everybody who's in church is probably thinking, I'm not going to be like them. God's not going to tell me, I never knew you, but yet they they prophesied in his name. They did wonderful works in his name. They cast out Demons in his name. But what is key in this scripture is the word new. I never knew you. Now I want to go to 1 John uh, chapter 2. 3 through 5. The scripture says, now by this we know that we know him. If we keep his commandments, if we keep his word. So now by this, what's what's the this? Now by keeping his commandments, we know, we are sure that we know God. Verse four, he says, he who says, I know him. It does not keep his commandments, does not keep his word. And that means all of it, not bits and pieces, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. Verse 5. But whoever keeps his word, whoever maintains his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this, we know We understand that we are in him. No is used throughout this passage of scriptures. And the same definition for no, understanding who God is, is the same definition as the word knew in Matthew chapter 7. I never knew you. Now, there's there's two ways that we use the word no. We use it in a way of being, I'm familiar with somebody, I'm acquainted with somebody, or I know this person. I've had an intimate relationship with this person. I've had a direct relationship with this person, and I understand who they are. So if I could have, Sister, Jennifer, if you could stand for me, Sister Hannah, if you can stand for me, I'm going to use an, an analogy. Sister Melissa, if you can stand for me. I'm going to use Facebook, because I feel like, We all know what Facebook is. I mean, I don't have an account, but I do have access to an account. Thanks, Hannah. We all know what Facebook is, but I was trying to understand what the scripture is saying. Because every time I've heard Matthew chapter 7... Not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of God, but he who do, doeth the will of my father. I never knew you. It it would scare me because there's a danger for all of us to get to the place where we feel like this doesn't really apply to me. And then we put ourselves in a vulnerable state. So what exactly is the scripture saying? Because I feel like I know who God is. I feel like I I, I know, you know, John, 1 John 2, 3 through 5, I know his word, I know his name, and and we do wonderful works in his name, and, and we've seen things. So, I, I the scripture, Matthew chapter 7, 23, I never knew you, that shouldn't happen to me, right? I know who God is. Well, the two definitions of no. So, on Facebook, you can be friends with people, right? Let's say Sister Jennifer and Sister Melissa do not know each other, okay? They've never, they don't even know each other, exists. okay? And Sister Hannah is friends with Sister Melissa, and Sister Hannah is friends with Sister Jennifer. If y'all could turn and face the congregation and let them look at your, all the single ladies. Are here. Um, <laughs> um, so let's say that Sister Hannah, again, Sister Hannah is friends with Sister Melissa. Sister Hannah is friends with Sister Jennifer. And, and Hannah, Hannah knows these two individuals, but they don't know each other. And you know how it is with our conferences and stuff. We see people all the time, and we kind of get familiar with them. And, 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 and let's say that Sister Hannah and Sister Melissa are friends on Facebook. And whenever Sister Melissa posts something, it pops up on Sister Hannah's feed, and she can read a little bit more information. Oh, she went there today. Okay. All right. I'm going to call this girl. She didn't invite me. Um, sister, sis, Let's say Sister Jennifer posts something um, on Facebook. She makes a comment, and, and Hannah reads it, and she knows a little bit more about Sister Jennifer because she posted something, so she knows what she did that day. But let's say that Sister Melissa sees Sister Jennifer at some sort of event. And then she looks her up on Facebook. Now, Sister Melissa hasn't done what some of y'all have probably have done, put filters on your Facebook accounts, and I'm gonna put these friends on this list so they can't see this. Let's just say she's just an open book, okay? And and Sister Melissa looks up Sister Jennifer because she's she's seen her somewhere and she sees that she's friends with with Hannah and and Sister Melissa's friends with Hannah. So who who is this person? Well, she she friends her, friends her, is that appropriate? She friends her on Facebook, and so now they're friends, okay? But Sister Melissa doesn't have the relationship with Sister Jennifer like Hannah has a relationship with Jennifer. Hannah grew up with Jennifer, and and Hannah goes out to eat with Jennifer on a regular basis, Um, but Sister Melissa just saw her somewhere, and you know she's familiar with her, and, and they decided to be friends on Facebook. But she starts to read a little bit more about Sister Jennifer. So every time there's a picture that's posted, Sister Melissa knows what's going on in, in Sister Jennifer's life, and she starts to look on her profile and look at her about page, and and starts to see all her photos, and 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 she she starts to feel like I I know Sister Jennifer. She starts to think to herself, Oh, you know what? Hey, she has this going on. I like that. Oh, I know this about her. Okay. And then somebody comes up to sister Melissa. Hey, do you know sister Jennifer? Oh yeah, I know her. No, you don't. (laughs) You, you haven't even met her in person. You haven't even gone out to eat with her. You don't know Sister Jennifer the way that you know Sister Hannah because you've had a relationship with Sister Hannah. But you've read all about Sister Jennifer. You've seen posts all about Sister Jennifer. But you've never had a direct contact and a direct relationship with Sister Jennifer. So you don't really know her like you know Sister Hannah. And sometimes... I fear that our relationship with God is like that because we're so familiar with things about God. And even though we come to church and we're involved in ministry, we deceive ourselves because we're thinking, I know who God is. But the truth is, we haven't really experienced God for ourselves. We haven't made room in our house to get to know who God is. And so there's a risk. There's a risk because the word no in John, first John chapter two, three through five is the same as the, as the the word new in Matthew chapter seven. Why on earth is that important? It's important because God said, I am the vine. Ye are the branches. If he, if any abide in me, And I in them, then the same shall produce much fruit. What fruits are you producing? because if you are in God and God is in you then you are one and so your fruits will be indicative of that the way that you talk will be like him the way that you think will be like him and so if you really know who God is you're not going to be like those people in chapter 7 I never knew you God knows us if we know him so it's time that we examine our temples it's time that we examine our houses and make sure that we've made room to get to know who God is in our lives so we won't have to deal with I never knew you. (laughs) Philippians 2 verse 5 says let this mind Be in you which was in Christ Jesus. Let this mind, let the way that you think, let the way that you exercise your thoughts be in you give yourself wholly to like Christ Jesus. In other words, if you're examining your temple today, do you love the things that God loves? Do you hate the things that God hates? Do you walk like him? Do you talk like him? Because if this mind is in you, which was like Christ Jesus, then everything you do is going to be just the way that God would do it. So it's time that we look at our Ourselves and see what is in our houses? Have we made room for God to live in our house? When someone comes to live in your home, you get to know things about them that other people don't see. There's an intimacy there. There are things that if you're pursuing a relationship with anybody and and you're, you're investing interest or you're showing interest, there are some things that is going to grow in that relationship and you're going to begin to share things with each other that otherwise would have gone unsaid, would have gone unknown. And it's the same way with our relationship with God. When he is living in your life and you are taking him all in, you're taking his entire word and you're diving right into it. Then you'll be like Moses when God showed him his hinder parts. You'll be like Peter when God revealed to him and he said, upon this rock, I will set I will establish my church. And the same like with Paul, the when his name was changed, and he has written several books of the Bible. The way that God has revealed Himself to him only comes from an intimate relationship with God. And so we can't just settle this morning for just a visit for just a brief encounter from God. We have got to make sure that in everything that we do, he's living in our lives. We have to make sure that there's always room for him to be ever present for him to be ever active in our lives. It's not enough that can we just settle for a brief visit from the Lord? You can go ahead and stand. I'm I'm closing. John fifteen and seventeen. I'm sorry, John 15 and 7 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done to you. There's two groups of people I feel like this, this word is for today. There's, there are those that have not made room for God in your house. Or you used to have room for God in your house. For God in your temple. But what has happened is you've allowed the clutter of sin. You've allowed the junk of the cares of life to start to occupy that room. You've allowed false doctrine to creep into that room in your house that you used to have dedicated to God. And so you might be wondering why there are some things that I want and I've prayed about, and God has not moved on my behalf. And he's saying, I've tried to step in, but you won't let me live there. I've tried to move in to your house, but there's no room for me. And so your desires have gone unanswered. And God is saying, all you have to do is make room for me in your house and I will answer those things that you have been desiring. I will answer those questions that you have for me, but you've got to make room in your house for, for me to dwell but then there are those of you who are standing here today and you have remained faithful just like the Shunammite woman in the Bible there have been promises that have been made and they may not have been answered yet but God is saying I see your faithfulness and I see your dedication to the things that I love and I see your faithfulness to my word you have maintained That room in your temple for God, and He's saying, I'm going to answer your request. The answer is on its way. To those of you, you feel like your promise has died or it's in the pro- in the process of dying. I am here today to tell you that God sees your faithfulness. He sees your dedication to that room in your house and keeping it open for him. And I'm here to tell you, his promises are yay and amen. They are sure. So if you have nothing else to do. You stand on the word of God because he's saying, I'm sending my servant to you and I've got the answer. I'm going to resurrect that dead promise in your life. Be encouraged this morning that God knows he sees, but we have to make sure that that room in our house is always reserved for God. We have to make sure that that room in our house is always dedicated for God to live. We've got to make sure we know who God is. If you can lift your hands all over the building, that I might know him in the power of his resurrection, in the fellowship of his sufferings. work that he has started he's going to complete but don't don't lose faith don't give up God sees he sees your faithfulness hallelujah the altars are open this morning if you've examined your temple And you see that that room you used to have, it's it's no longer is no longer ready for him to to stay. It's 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 been blocked for some reason. You've got to make sure that you clean it out today. God needs a place to dwell. He wants to use you in ways that you wouldn't ever see yourself being used. But you've got to make sure that that room is open to him. You feel like your promise has died. But you've remained faithful to the word of God. You've remained faithful to your relationship. God hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't forgotten you. You stand on the word of God. That answer is coming. You stand on the word of God. That promise is going to be resurrected. God knows. He sees.